Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today's episode is especially great for our artists and creatives out there. Even if you don't identify with being a creative, this episode is for you because I believe that all human beings are creative, okay? So I had the pleasure and the honor of interviewing Mira Lee Patel. Mira Lee Patel is a self-taught writer and artist who creates work that inspires others to connect with themselves, each other, and the world around them. She's the best-selling author of Start Where You Are, a journal for self-exploration. Her latest book, My Friend Fear, Finding Magic in the Unknown, was released by Penguin Random House in January 2018. I've been such a fan of Mira Lee Patel's work. If you see her book, Start Where You Are, you see her Instagram, like her watercolor paintings are beautiful and I love her message behind all of her work. It's very pure and light, just like herself. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Here we go. Hi Mira, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Where are you calling from right now? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, where I just moved to a couple months ago. Nice. So where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in New Jersey, and I've been living in New York in Brooklyn for the last six years. Oh, and you recently moved to Nashville? for Was it for work or something else? Something else, I guess. I had a lot of huge life changes last year, which included finally leaving my full-time job that I was at for six years. And yeah, I I finally quit and I started traveling. I left my apartment in Brooklyn, subletted it, and I was just traveling for six, seven months across the country. And that's amazing. It was, yeah, it was great. It was scary in a lot of ways and surprising and really wonderful. And I came through Nashville in May and I stayed here for a month and I met just so many amazing people and fell in love with the city and found a bunch of studio mates that I work with, another group of artists. And so I decided to move here and I moved here in November. And yeah. So you're inspired by like the creative community there? Absolutely. That is, I mean, that's the word. I just met so many other artists and illustrators who they were so generous with their knowledge and their hearts and so welcoming. And I knew that, you know, you don't find this everywhere. So let's rewind for our listeners. So you were a self-taught painter. You know, you went from that to publishing a best-selling book and now you're out with your second book. So the first book was Start Where You Are and now your new book is My Friend Fear. Do you want to talk about that journey? Like how did you always love love to paint? When did you figure out that this was what you wanted to do? I did always love to paint. I mean, I grew up, I think almost all children love being creative when they're little and they love making whatever they can with their hands and their minds. And so I was creative and my parents encouraged me to be creative, but they're immigrants and they came here in their late 20s and they came from nothing. They came here with nothing. So I was always encouraged to be creative, but I was never taught that creativity could be a career. And, you know, I was always 
encouraged to have stability, to have financial stability, to not rock the boat, to be a dreamer, but not to rely on my dreams. And so I started painting as an adult. I started painting about six years ago when I got my job after graduating college. And the job was just very monotonous and it felt like anybody could do it. It didn't matter that it was me. And so I would come home and paint and write as a way to connect with myself, to reconnect with myself because I started just feeling like a robot. And that's really how I started painting again. It was really to get to know myself again and to feel like myself again. Oh, so you're saying that when you're in college, you were not painting. So there was a point of time that you weren't. Oh, no, I didn't paint ever until about six years ago. I was not. I never took art classes. That's really amazing. Because I think most people, when they hear like, oh, you're an artist, it sounds like you think that most artists, they paint their whole life and every single day. But you started after you graduated college. Yes, I started very late. And, you know, the important thing with that is that it's never too late. And I felt very, you know, I felt... I should have gone to art school. I would have more technical skill. I'd know what I was doing. I would know how to market myself. I'd know how to get work. And it's true that maybe I had an experience that was frustrating in different ways than people that go to school for art or for writing. But I think what I learned the most was that it's never too late to start and that your path might be different from somebody else's, but that doesn't mean it's worse or better. It's just different. I love that. And I'm sure a Mm -hmm. lot of our listeners who are creative and aspiring artists love to hear it too, because, you know, sometimes people feel like they're too old. It's too late to start. Yeah. And I mean, I'm also curious, how did you learn? Did you watch tutorials online? Like, how did you learn everything from painting to the making a book and marketing yourself? So it was all really trial and error. I tried everything at least once, but usually three or four times. I didn't take any classes, but I did read tutorials. I did check out books on watercolor and try to perfect my technique and get my work to look the way I wanted to. But really, it was just about making the work, and it was about making a lot of work over a lot of years until I felt that I had developed a style that represented me and that I was also proud of. It took it, it just took a long time and I looked for shortcuts, you know. I thought if I can work for this magazine, then that'll put me on the map. Or if I can be tutored by this person, that'll put me on the map. And none of those things ever panned out the way I thought they would or, you know, bumped me up the way I thought they would. And it was really just not being so discouraged that I would stop because I was discouraged for most of it, most of that time. And it's easy to, you know, be discouraged when you're working a full-time job and then coming home and trying to freelance and doing it all over again every day. But I didn't give up. And I think that was the most helpful. I think that's really important for people to hear that there's no like magic thing that just happens, right? It really is as simple as like making the time to work and perfect your craft over time. Yeah. Like understand your style. I I love hearing about the artist journey because it's it's like a metaphor for life. That's my favorite metaphor. I mean, my tagline for Lavendaire is life is an art, make it your masterpiece. Absolutely. So it really is like, it's about the journey and, and figuring it out through trial and error. There's no shortcuts, no magic solution. I absolutely agree. And I know that for a lot of people that can sound discouraging, that there's no one combination of solutions that are going to get them to where they want to be. But I think if they can, if you can shift your perspective a little bit and see that because there's no perfect combination of solutions, that means that any combination is possible. And that means that you don't have to do what somebody else did, somebody else did and you can still get to where they are. Yeah. So I find that really comforting. I do too. There's no right way to do it. You can 
create your own life and your own path. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk about your first book, Start Where You Are, which is an explosive success. Like I've seen it everywhere and I think it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Where did your inspiration for that book come from? So Start Where You Are came because I was looking at Pinterest and Instagram and just it was a result of what I had been absorbing in media every day. And what I noticed was that people loved inspirational quotes. They loved looking at them. They loved quoting them. They loved hanging them up in their homes. But what I realized in my peer group and the people that I was interacting with on a day-to-day -day basis was that they would look at a motivational quote and they would feel a jolt of inspiration or commitment or a vow to do things differently and then it would immediately dissipate and what I really wanted was that jolt of inspiration to last I wanted people to read something motivational and to actually apply it to their lives and so that's exactly what Start Where You Are aims to do it's a lot of quotes and sentiments from some of the world's best thinkers and minds and makers and doers and for each quote there's an exercise that helps you break down the sentiment of that quote to help you put it into practice in your own life. I love it. Is this something that you did yourself before you created the book? Like you would do this with other quotes or did you just create this book with exercises? That's a great question. You know what? I will say yes, because I was going to say, I never really looked at quotes and then was like, let me break it down. And you know, I never did it that black and white, but I do read a lot and I would think about the story that I was absorbing and how I could apply it to my, which part of this is doable for me and what can I learn from it? And all of the exercises in the book are ones that I do regularly all the time, just playing back in my head after an interaction or an experience. And I wanted people to learn how to think that way in a self-reflective way. What would you say is your favorite exercise in Start Where You Are? Or maybe it's something that a lot of people have told you is their favorite. I would say one of my favorite exercises is the one that asks you, I think, I don't remember the number it asks you, but it says, write down three of your dreams that haven't happened yet. And I love that one for two reasons. One, because when you do that exercise, you'll notice that you're recycling dreams that have happened. And you'll say, oh, it was a goal. It was a dream of mine to be a published author. You know, that would be one of mine. And now that comes to my mind, but I'm like, oh, I did do that. Yeah, which is yeah. amazing. Amazing. And it helps you remember all of the things you've already accomplished. And I find that to be so motivating. And the other part of that exercise is that you are reminded of how much possibility is left in your life and how many more things you want to do and what you want to accomplish. And I think that's really nice too, to know that you have time and that you can meet all of those goals and dreams. I love that. I'm curious, what, what is one dream that you have that hasn't happened yet? <laughs> Man, you're killing it with these questions. <laughs> Mine is definitely to write a children's book that Aww. adults and children find to be valuable. Oh, yeah. That's so doable. You can totally... I see that happening. I, I hope so. Uh, I keep writing stories and I'm like, these are not good enough. Oh, oh, because most of your books have been more like watercolor based, less like words. Is that correct? Yeah. My Friend Fear actually is a big departure from that because it's a book of essays. So... Yeah, let's talk about that book. Sure. Tell us about My Friend Fear. So My Friend Fear is 13 essays and they're all about fear. And it's basically a meditation on this emotion that I think controls most of us most of the time. And I really wanted to write in 
an intimate way my experiences with fear and how my fears have developed me and formed the way I think and the way I approach life and how I've learned to separate myself from them and learn to use them as guidance instead of something that cripples me and leaves me paralyzed. Yeah. And I love this topic, especially for creatives and artists. I mean, have you heard of the War of Art and how he talks about yes, resistance? Yeah, yeah it, it's mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite topics because it's an ongoing battle. I mean, personally, me, I'm always facing resistance. I'm always even like today, I was scared that I had to like do interviews with podcast guests because it's it's nerve wracking. Yeah. So of course. yeah, and it's does it get easier for you? Not exactly. I, I guess it, it it does if I have multiple interviews in a row then the consecutive ones get easier but the first one is kind of like okay. starting again is always like a little bit you know unnerving yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah it's funny how those emotions recycle no matter how many times you do something yeah but I, I do think that practice does make it better the more you do yeah. it the less you feel it so I mean how would you say you became friends with your fear I mean much the same as what you just said it's a practice and it is doing something that makes you anxious or makes you feel uncomfortable over and over again and it's also realizing that the feeling doesn't go away just like you said people ask me do you not feel scared anymore like you wrote a whole book on fear like you must be so fearless and it can be further from the truth I feel scared about a lot of things most things even I would say and what I have learned is how to live with that fear and how to not let it make decisions for me so even if I feel scared about something even if I feel uncomfortable I have now worked myself up to a place where I'm going to do it anyway and that doesn't mean I'm not nervous and anxious the whole time I'm doing it but it means at least that I am saying yes to an opportunity instead of saying no just because because I'm scared. Yeah, and it's so important to take the action, to actually do it, yes. even if you're scared, because fear can really hold us back and stop us from, from taking action and moving forward. So, yeah. It- yeah, and the action... The action is what changes what's going inside your mind because if you don't do anything physically different then your mind just replays that same story but if you take an action then at least your mind is like okay I told you not to do this but you did it anyway and now look nothing bad came from that (laughs) yeah so you kind of have to do it and then let your emotions catch up yeah I I like that so you have to like kind of disobey your fear and disobey your emotions and and just do it anyway absolutely yeah so Mm -hmm. you also say in your book that fear is here to help us so can you go deeper into that why and how so I think a lot of times, like we just mentioned, fear holds you back from doing things that you otherwise would want to do or that you would be successful at. And I think one of the biggest things about fear is that people don't listen to it. We feel overwhelmed. We feel anxious. Our minds go either empty or they get really chaotic. And we just immediately want to extract ourselves from whatever experience or situation is bringing us in this place of fear. But if you're able to sit down and really listen to it and talk to it and find out what it is you're afraid of, you'll learn that fear is really just telling you what you really want out of your life or what you want out of yourself or another person. And if the fear is saying, I'm so scared of failing, or I'm so scared that I'm going to be made fun of, what it's really telling you is that this is something that's important to me. And I, it's not just that I want to be successful at it, but it's important to me that I accomplish this, or it's important to me that I try this. And when you hear your fear saying, I don't want to, I'm not going to give that a try because someone's going to make fun of me, or I'm going to feel embarrassed, what your fear is really telling 
telling you is that yes, you want to communicate with other people. You want to feel connected to other people. So once people, once you're able to get to that place of identifying and breaking down your fears, I think they can really be beneficial in teaching you what you really are hoping to get out of life. Yeah. So, I mean, what's your favorite way of doing this? Do you journal, journal it out or how do you, you know? Yeah, I think journaling is a great way because I think the most important part is getting it out of your head and in front of you so you can begin looking at it and breaking it down. And when we leave, even, you know, me, even like my to-do list, when I don't write it down and it's just in my head, it becomes overwhelming because you're trying to manage things that you can't concretely see. So I think journaling is really helpful. I think talking about it is helpful. Anything you can do to no longer hide from it or shut it out. You want to expose it. You want to expose their fears and play with them a little bit. Talk to them and see what they're trying to tell you. Yeah, I love it. I mean, what something that I've either I've heard or I always tell myself is like fear leads you to where you're meant to go. It's kind of like your compass because yeah. it is true. Like whatever you're scared of, it means that that's something that will help you grow or it, it's what you really want. Absolutely. Because if you didn't care about it, then you wouldn't feel fear. You would be like apathetic about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is 100%. You would be apathetic and you wouldn't be afraid of losing or missing out on anything because none of those things are important to you. I mean, it's, it is a constant battle though, even though I, I always talk about this and I know it, but it, every time you feel the fear, it's, it's always a little bit hard to like take action, right? It is. And you know, yeah. you're familiar with the feeling and you know that maybe a lot of times you rationally know that nothing bad is going to happen, but you still, your body still reacts and your mind still spirals. So it is a continual practice, something every day to work on. Yeah. So I'm curious since you've You've been an artist. I was. I would consider you a successful artist. So, what would be? What, what would <laughs> Thank ha- you. What, what were your greatest lessons you've learned from becoming a successful artist? I think my biggest one is not to give up. I don't think I would be where I am or hopefully where I'm going to go if I had decided this is too hard or I'm not good at it or I'm just gonna stick with what I know and not, you know, keep trying. Even if I couldn't, you know, all those years I was painting every day, I was working every weekend. I didn't make time for social life or relationships or anything like that because I wanted so badly to be a full-time artist. And I spent most of that time discouraged and thinking that I would never get anywhere. But the one thing that I can feel proud of now is that even though I was so discouraged, even though I complained, and even though I felt, you know, hopeless a lot of the time, I always, at the end of a couple days or a week or whenever I was done feeling down on myself, I would get back to it. And I would do the work. And the only reason I kept doing that was because I felt, well, I at least have to try. In the end, if I get nowhere with this and it's not the life that's meant for me, at least I'll know that I tried and I gave it 100%. And I would always think about, did I do everything? Have I exhausted every possibility and opportunity? Is this it? Did I try my hardest to make this work for me? And the answer was always no, there's something more I can do. And so I would do those things. Yeah, I love it. I think if everyone can ask themselves, like, did I try my hardest? Is this everything I've done? Like, there's always more that you could do. And as long as you keep trying, then that's like another chance of success. Absolutely. And it's there. Those are all possibilities. Every everything you haven't tried yet and every opportunity that maybe you haven't taken advantage of. Those are all opportunities for you to change where you are. 
All right, my loves, it's time to take a break with our sponsor, FreshBooks. If you're a freelancer or a small business owner, FreshBooks is an intuitive cloud accounting software that's the simplest way to be more organized and productive with your day-to-day -day paperwork. With FreshBooks, you can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds, set up online payments to get paid faster and more. There's even a new FreshBooks proposal feature, which allows you to include an outline of your project, scope of work, and a timeline. No more switching software, fussing over formatting, and wasting your precious time. FreshBooks is offering all Lavender listeners a 30-day unrestricted free trial so you can try it out for yourself. To claim your free trial, go to freshbooks.com lifestyle and enter the Lavender Lifestyle in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com lifestyle. So I'm curious, like, what are your inspirations? What or who? Like, what, where do you get your inspiration for your work? Definitely the people around me and my relationships, my friendships, the conversations I have on a day-to-day -day basis. I think it, I find it pretty fascinating that we all feel so similarly about so many things and then we're all so different and weird and, you know, sometimes it feels like you have nothing in common. And that dichotomy is really interesting. And then, of course, to, you know, books, other art that everybody is making, there's so much talent in the world and it's impossible to not be constantly inspired or at least overwhelmed with how much work everyone's making. Yeah, but do you ever fall into like an inspiration, like being unmotivated and not inspired? I feel uninspired a lot but I don't feel unmotivated and another thing I guess another lesson I've learned is that I don't wait for inspiration to make the work so if I you know if I let inspiration lead me I would probably never make anything so instead I just get started and I find that in the process I feel I start to feel really inspired and really excited about something or my work goes in another direction and that's really inspiring but I try to keep going because me personally, if I sit still too long and if I just kind of sit in my head for too long, it's not, it doesn't end up being healthy for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good <laughs> advice. It's just don't wait for inspiration. Just do the work. Yeah. And, and it'll come. Inspiration yeah. will come. I love that you said that you're never unmotivated. <laughs> that's really <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. I just, there's a lot of things I want to do and I, I do feel, not that there's not enough time, but just that I hope I get to do them all. And there's so many things I want to make and so many different projects I want to try. And yeah, I always just want to make the most out of every day. And you know, that can be detrimental too, like not having a work-life balance. That's really hard for me. And yeah, I'm trying to be a lot better about turning off at the end of the day and unplugging and being satisfied with the amount of work I got done, even if it's not what I had hoped for. So those are things that I'm working on. Yeah, which I, I, I go through that too. Yeah, it's like you it's have hard. to find a balance, especially when you're doing your you're working for yourself yes. and you're creating on your own time. Especially. Yeah, you, you gotta draw the line somewhere, like, okay, I'm gonna relax now. <laughs> yeah. Have you can I ask how long that you've been working for yourself? I mean this YouTube channel four years basically. So yeah. Okay. Do you feel like you have a better idea of how well you work and how to balance things? I think now a little bit better but I'm always still working on it and I'm at the point where I like yeah. I have an assistant now who can help with some stuff and I'm hiring a video editor like I'm trying to like offload some of the work so that I have more time for me <laughs> and more time for other projects too because I want to do do new things 
Of course. I think that's so important, learning how to delegate and, you know, let go of some of your responsibility. Yeah. So that that's what I'm learning now. Yeah, those are great. I'm only I'm almost at a year since I quit and I feel like I'm every day it feels like I'm starting over a little bit. Yeah, but that it's exciting. It I, is I exciting. Think, yeah. yeah. And it's cool that I'm able to try that. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you? So I am, my friend Fear just came out um, in January last month that I am working on my third book. Amazing. (laughs) It'll be a follow-up to Start Where You Are. So this is going to be another journal and it's a journal for self-realization. Yeah, the aim is really to help people get to know themselves and connect with themselves. That's my aim for it. I love that. Thank you. That's right up my alley. Oh, I'm so glad. I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah. And how long does it take for you to create a book like this? The journal is a bit of a faster timeline for me than My Friend Fear, which My Friend Fear, I spent a year writing and painting. And the new journal will probably, I've already finished the manuscript and now I have to do all the artwork for it. And I have about a month to do 120 pages. What? That's (laughs) it? Yeah. One (laughs) One month? month? Oh my gosh. So... I, that's all I'll be doing for the next, you know, 30 days. Yeah, just cre- painting. Yeah, I kind of get into a routine and try not to think about how much I have left. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really scary, incidentally, right now. But when it's over, I know I'll be happy that I did it. And that's the other thing is that the more I work and the more I get used to my pace and understanding how I work, I do feel overwhelmed a lot with my workload, but I always I have that security now of knowing that I'll get it done so that offers a little bit of comfort I mean it's good that you have the work ethic in you because you've built that up yes so I think that's what's important yes, that's very true yeah and lastly do you have any advice for aspiring artists who are listening right now yes I would say to do it if you have ideas and you have dreams and there are things that you want to make I would definitely not wait for anybody else to give you permission to do so just make the work and put it out there and with the internet now anybody can see it and everybody will see it and I would try your best to make work that is from your heart and that you would want to make even if nobody saw it even if it never left your studio or your room or wherever you're working to make the work yeah and to know that it'll take you somewhere and I have another question that just popped up I mean you say like make sure that you make work from the heart I know that now you're on the level where you're working with publishers and you have a deadline do you find that difficult like to be able to make from your make from your heart but also like you know what I mean fit into these deadlines and stuff how does that work of course I do find it I mean I consider myself to be super lucky to have a publisher that is so supportive and that is allowing me to make projects that I really believe in I will say that I do turn down projects and assignments that I think don't align with my mission and the type of work I want to put out in the world. And that can be very difficult because while I was starting, I kept my job for that reason. So I would never have to compromise my work. And yeah, that was the right path for me. But I think that if someone is paying you to do work that maybe, you know, isn't your lifelong dream, but it's paying your bills, I think that's great. And then you'll have that stability and time to make the work that you do want to make. So I don't think there's anything right and wrong. And I think right now I'm lucky enough that I can focus on projects that are important to me. But it is a constant, I'm sure you experience it too, where you think about opportunities and 
you say, you know, is this what my business is about? Should I say yes to this? Should I say no to this? So I do go through that fairly often. Well, that's great. So lastly, where can our listeners find you online? They can find me on my website, which is www.miralee.com. And on Instagram, I am Miralee, Miralee. And on Twitter, I'm Miralee. Awesome. So we'll have all those links in the show notes below. Thank you so much, Mira. It was such a pleasure getting to know you and talking to you. Thank you so much. I had a great conversation. I'm so happy to be on the show with you. Same. And good luck with everything that you do. You're next book and the children's book coming out after that (laughs) thank you so much all right bye bye all right that's it for today's episode thank you so much for listening to the lavender lifestyle if you like this podcast please show your support by leaving a review on itunes it helps us so much and also helps other people find the show you can also catch me on youtube and instagram at lavender where i have even more content for the artist of life love you all so much bye Thank you.